Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with three biased co-hosts. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother that's going to try to talk you into Nebraska. Yeah, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother... Who's going to keep it real? I will keep it real. That's me, Trey Newman. But yes, Ryan is always, when it comes down to it, he ends up being the optimist. Try to be. <laughs> All right. Big Ten, of course, is uh, coming back the weekend of October 24th. Uh, but before we start breaking down the conference, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CFB Bros. Subscribe on YouTube for video episodes. Support us on Patreon to get bonus episodes. And you can also support us by checking out our sponsor, Ryan. Yes, please do. Our sponsor is mybookie.ag. Um, so between the NFL, college, football, MLB playoffs, there's no shortage of games to watch right now. Um, and with uh, thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, they even have politics thrown in there. Uh, you can turn your game day into payday with mybookie. Uh, maybe you're the type of guy who likes to bet big favorites. Uh, consider putting uh, some of those favorites into a, a parlay and uh, just get a much bigger payout. So makes those games more fun, a little less, a little more meaningful. Um, so go to sign up at my bookie. Uh, and when you do uh, use our promo code CF bros um, to get your uh, match dollar for dollar on your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. So if you put in a thousand, they'll give you a thousand. So nice little uh, help there to get a head start on your winning season. Uh, they have promotional offers all the time. They have free bets, boosted odds. It's been a good experience for the bros so far on my bookie. So once again, use the promo code CFBROS. All right. Let's uh, move on to our first segment here for the Big Ten, and it is Call Me Crazy. So, Trey, what is your, your bold proclamation here? Call me crazy, but I think Purdue has the best receiving core in the Big Ten. And I say this, not necessarily looking at like NFL draft prospects, but I'm talking about when you factor in the players on their roster that fit each, each, uh, team's scheme. You know, you look at Purdue. They got Rondell Moore, of course, coming back two years ago. He was the most electric player in college football, 114 receptions. He also ran for over 200 yards. Just, just such a dynamic and fun player to watch. And then you had last year when Moore was out, kind of ended up probably being a blessing going into this year because David Bell emerged and he had 86 receptions, over a thousand yards. And Purdue was decimated by injuries. They weren't even that good of a team, but Brom has a way of making that offense always look good. Uh, so you get two stud receivers uh, at full strength coming into this season. That's a, that's a tough one two duo uh, compared to the other Big Ten yeah. teams. Yeah, that's why I'm going to say you're not crazy. I mean, obviously, Ohio State, I think, is the the main competitor and maybe who most people would choose. You got Chris Olave. He's great. Garrett Wilson had a really good freshman year last year. He should you know, see an uptick in, in production. They've got a, an amazing true freshman class coming in. So the depth there is almost certainly better, I would say. Um, so it's close, but I like that one-two punch, Rondell Moore and, and David Bell. So I, I might side with you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're crazy to think that. You also could toss in Ahmad Anderson uh, for for Purdue, who's got a good round of receptions coming back in. And then they did just lose a guy for uh, Jackson Anthrop. I think he's about out out for several weeks. He had solid receiver for them. But 
I, you're not tra- crazy. They have, I think they have three, you know, solid players, two really good ones. And then, uh, Anderson's good as well. But, um, I would go Ohio State, though, would be my pick if I had to say which one. Uh, just, mm-hmm. I think their overall talent level, maybe, maybe just a little higher on those sides. Those guys are big time, big time specimens. I mean, Alave is legit. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I think, is awesome as well. And then Michael mentioned these true freshmen that are coming in. So they're, I think they're going to be overall a little deeper and they're just a little bit more, uh, I guess, physically gifted <laughs> in, in a way. Okay. Yeah. More dominant. But it's all a, right. It's a my, wide uh, receiver call me crazy. Deep. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's a wide conference. receiver deep conference. Like, there's a lot of good, yeah, good players. There yeah, are. for sure. Indiana, Wap failure. Come on, Indiana. Minnesota's got Bateman. It, yeah, it's yeah, Amir Smith for uh, yeah, Amir Smith, Marset, Wondell Robinson, Nebraska. Brandon Smith at Iowa as well. Let's yeah. just keep naming them all. Let's do spoilers. Yeah, we can here. just name them all. Mm. We'll get to them uh, yeah. throughout the episode. Exactly. Bo Melton, uh, okay. Rutgers. No, stop, Ryan. No. <laughs> Call me crazy, but I think that Indiana's loss of offensive coordinator Kalen DeBoer is the most impactful coaching change in the conference, and I'm including head coaches there. I just think he's that good. I mean, when you look back at what he did at Fresno State, their offense was 127th in SP Plus when he took over as coordinator. By year two, he had them 37th. And the year before he got to Indiana, they were 55th. And Last year, they were 22nd. So, you know, with that Indiana offense bringing back a a ton of good pieces, under DeBoer, I would have been confident that they'd take another step forward and be a potential, you know, top 15 type offense. With Mike Sanford coming in in a weird offseason, I'm not so sure. I agree. Yeah, I, I, uh, well, I guess I just saying. So I'm not crazy. You're crazy then? Yeah, I I don't think you're crazy. I think DeBoer is is a loss. Um, their yards per play, I know this doesn't necessarily sound like a whole lot, but their yards per play went from 5.5 to 6 when he came in last year. Like a whole half of a yard. I mean, that just adds up if you think about how many plays you do in a game, whatever, 70 to 80-ish type of plays. I mean, that's on average almost 40 yards a game that they increase. That's a big, big jump. So I did just really think uh, that this is a big loss because Indiana, they, they, that was kind of one of the things that was, uh, you know, obviously holding the back consistency on offense and I mean, if they can get it this year, I don't know. We'll see. But I just think DeBoer was a huge reason for that. And who'd you say the the new OC was, Mike, again? Uh, Mike Sanford coming oh, yeah. in, former Western Kentucky head coach. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, in Western Kentucky, he hasn't looked that great recently, but that's a different story. I don't think you're, uh, I don't think you're crazy, though. Um, there was just a clear, dramatic improvement, like you guys have touched on, with him as the OC. There was one guy I did think about in terms of having an impact this year, and it might be just by default because of how bad they were last year, but Mike Bajakin, he was hired at Northwestern to kind of help revitalize <laughs> anything with that, with that offense. So it yeah. really shouldn't take much to improve that, that offense there. So, I mean, it could be just a case though of, you know, putting lipstick on a pig, uh, and they are, they just are bad. They just are what they are. But, um, but yeah. no, I don't, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, he was BC's offensive coordinator, right? Before I think, yeah, and, and then he, he was with Coach Jones at Tennessee, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, whatnot. Before that, mm-hmm. we'll see. All right, uh, but it's it's the first time that uh, Pat Fitzgerald's made a change at that. I think he had the same offensive coordinator for like yeah. a decade or something. Yeah, they, I think even longer. But it's yeah, he's he was due for, for a change. Uh, they were never really even great, but I guess good enough to fit his system. Yeah. Um, all right, so mine. Call me crazy, but I could see six teams winning the Big Ten West. I think it is the most balanced division 
in the country. Um, when you take a look at the teams that you got, I mean, uh, every the bottom team at this point, two bottom teams are probably you would people agree with are Illinois and Northwestern. Well, Illinois went bowling last year, has a decent amount of production coming back, senior quarterback. Northwestern two years ago was in the in the conference title game and put up a good fight. So they, I mean, they were not that far removed from that. And they also have a ton of returning production. And if they can get any semblance of an offense, their defense, of course, is going to be good. Um, and Pat Fitzgerald is the king of winning close games. <laughs> so they can sneak out a couple close ones. Nebraska, who knows? Maybe they could put it together. The offense might take a jump. Who knows? We'll get to that later. But I just think that there's so much balance in this division. Each team really believes that they're going to be a lot better and good. Like, there's no team that's just like you look at, like, go to the East. Mm-hmm. There's no Rutgers. There's no really Maryland's of this division. Like they're yeah. all competitive. So, yeah, I I see where you're going, and I agree it's balanced, and it's going to be a very competitive division. But I think you're a little crazy. I'm just I would be borderline shocked if a Northwestern or Illinois or Purdue, maybe not. And I guess Illinois even was the, the one team that I would say does can't. They'd be seven. But even like Nebraska, you look at their their schedule like they're just right but they're off they're behind the eight ball <laughs> yeah. like immediately i'd just be i mean i i if if nebraska had like a, a simple schedule there is some upside with them i'm not saying they're going to do it but there would be some upside and i think you might be underselling a little bit how good potentially wisconsin or even minnesota are i think they're like they would be favored pretty good amount over most of these west teams but i i do agree as a whole they're they're more balanced than than the east and compared to most divisions in the country yeah, if you're if you're including G5 conferences when you're saying it's the most ba- balanced division in the country, then I think you're crazy. I'm sure the, the back always seems to be just kind of a Yeah, I would just G- power five the here, same. Sorry. Yeah, power yeah. 5 then sure. I I I don't think that's crazy. Although with, like Trey, I do think Wisconsin's a deserving favorite here. Um mm-hmm. but with Jack Cohn going down uh for I'm not sure we know exactly how long yet, but it seems like some time. Uh Jonathan Taylor gone, Quintus Cephas. Mm-hmm, that potentially brings them down closer sure. to the Minnesota and Iowa group um, and high on Purdue this year. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty pretty competitive. Yeah. I should have probably made Nebraska my seventh team with the schedule. No. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, man. Brutal. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get into the Big Ten East, though. And uh, who are we going to start? Who's number one in the Big Ten East? Who do you think, Ryan? Hmm. Uh, Rutgers. Oh. Oh, we're going from the other direction. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, number one here. We got uh, Ohio State. They're over under set at eight and a half, and the under is the slight favorite there. So what do you think, Trey? What do you got on the Buckeyes this year? Well, first, I'm just going to kind of break them down. The offense should be downright scary. I mean, I know they lose J.K. Dobbins at running back, but they bring back Master Teague. Uh, they get Oklahoma transfer t- Trey Sermon. Teague's kind of battling back from a, an Achilles injury, so it's something to watch. But they also lose K.J. Hill, who I didn't even realize. He was the school's all-time leading receiver. They've been awful yeah. pass-heavy lately. Um, but they still bring back Big Play Alave. I don't know if that's been trademarked, but I think it should be. Big play Alave. Um, the offensive line graded out to be one of the best in the country. And then, of course, how can you not mention Justin Fields? Like, he had a ridiculous year last year. Uh, 50, he had 51 total touchdowns, only three picks. It'll be year two in Ryan Day's offense. Two of those I mean, came in the playoffs, so Yeah, yeah they did. Um, you know, he's not necessarily going to match that stat line, but he's going to be 
you would think a front runner for the Heisman most of the most of the season. The big concern, though, if you want to have a concern, is the defense. How much will it regress? They lost so much talent to the NFL. Chase Young, of course, is the big loss on the D line, but then they lost Okuda and Arnett in the back the back half. Um, but they've really they've been able to prove recently that through the strength in their recruiting, they've been able to kind of replenish the the talent without having too much of a hiccup. But they they still did lose a good amount, so it's it's something to 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 watch. Um, overall, I'm going to take the over eight and a half. I'm expecting perfection. Their schedule is one of the softest in the big 10. <laughs> if the, and if they beat Ohio state in, or sorry, if they beat Ohio state, if they beat Penn state in week two, I think f- you could literally make the case that fields could almost sit out the entire season until the <laughs> Michigan game and they'd still be unbeaten. Like that. There's just, they're, they're, so, <laughs> they're so far ahead of the East. Besides no, Penn right. State right now, like their schedule sets up real nice. They could go undefeated even without Justin Fields. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. They could beat Penn State without Fields. I mean, you know, it'd be, be harder. Tough, but, much, but, much harder, but they could. They definitely could. Yeah. Um, I wonder what the line would be on that game. Be, if yeah. there was no Justin Fields and you went if with Gunnar no Hoke. Justin, yeah. I, well, what's the line just anyway, thing. Ohio State at Penn State? Is is Ohio State like a... I'm guessing around a touchdown. Yeah, I was going to say six and a half. So... Seven, Fields, yeah. would he make a touchdown difference? Yeah. Whatever. I think it'd be, it'd be close to pick him, I think. Maybe it'd be close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I, I just, for me, this has just been a theme with Clemson throughout the last couple of years. It hasn't worked out. But, and I think even with Ohio State, if it, when a team is lined like this where all they have to do is lose one game, I'm just typically going to go under. The only time I'll go over is if I just see like no weakness on the team or no concerns, at least. I don't want to say weakness. And, with the offense you mentioned, there isn't a concern. There's no weakness there. They're fine. Defensively, you brought up at least question marks. You know, there's guys leaving. So, um, of course, they're going to replace them with four and five stars. And on the D-line, I'm sure, you know, Zach Harrison could be yeah. that next in line with uh, the Bosa's and, and Chase Young. But he's got to prove it. He's got to do it. Um, and kind of already has. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> looked impressive. So, but Pretty we'll darn good last year. <laughs> That's true. And there's other guys that can break out in the secondary. Of course, a lot of pieces gone, like you mentioned. Also, Jordan Fuller at safety's out, but they they just seem to churn out DBs. So, you know, 9-0 is obviously very possible, but you got at Penn State, you got potentially Wisconsin in the conference championship, and yeah. then who knows? They've, they've lost games that they shouldn't have in the past, so I'll, I'll go under. Oh, yeah. They've gotten blown out in games they shouldn't have. Right. True. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go over, though. I'm kind of with you normally. Okay. I would kind of um like hey you know if it's if it, all they have to do is one lose one then yeah i'm gonna take the under but uh, this team is just too good in my eyes really uh for for them to slip up i think they're so far ahead i, I even think they're really far ahead of penn state and especially when you take away penn state's art best defensive player that's a that's gonna that's gonna bite I, i'm not really that concerned about the defense i think the defense is gonna be fantastic it might be slightly worse than last year but they were still so far ahead of everybody already it's not gonna matter i think zach harrison is gonna be chase chase young 2.0 like he's gonna have a huge 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 impact not quite as dominant but he's yeah he's a stud um sean wade's opt obviously opted back in so he's bring some stability to the secondary yeah they're just they're stacked they are so stacked the offense can do anything they want pretty much against anybody i i'm i gotta go over that's fair. I mean, they pretty much killed everybody last year. I know Wisconsin, I guess, gave them a little yeah, bit of exactly. a scare, but it's just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got, we're still on tier one here, technically. We had to fit them into four tiers, but yeah. Yeah. We, we got, got 
Our second team, Penn State, their over-under is set at seven with the under being slightly favored. So, Michael, which way are you headed with the Nittany Lions? Well, I think I'm going to I'm gonna lean under. I mean, on offense, the, the running game should be good. Great group of running backs led by Journey Brown. You got four starters back in the O-line, so you can kind of lean on that. Passing game, I mean, it was fine last year, but it, in order to be a playoff level, you know, beat Ohio State level, I think Sean Clifford needs to, to take a step forward this year. And he's got Kirk Shiraka, new offensive coordinator coming in from, from Minnesota to help him out. And I think the, the roster kind of fits what Shiraka likes to do. He likes to run the ball, maybe take some shots with play action. Um, but, you know, and obviously he's got Pat Fryermuth at tight end. That's a, a great weapon. Receiving core though, little bit questionable uh you know you got Jahan Dotson but someone else needs to step up so that's something to watch out for and then defensively Ryan you brought it up the loss of Micah Parsons is huge still going to be a good defense there's tons of pieces on the front seven uh you got Shaka uh Shaka Smart what Shaka Smart Shaka Smart Shaka, wow you know you'll see I bring up Shaka Smart later oddly so that's why he's in my weird my brain. that is very weird I know but Shaka Tony excuse me rushing the passer um secondary has some experience needs to get better they gave up a lot of big plays last year um overall obviously very good team i think seven and two is most likely um but i'm just going to lean under because it's going to take eight and one to beat me and when you've got ohio state on the schedule um yeah you got at michigan even at indiana is you know is tricky so um and then playing a good team likely from the west so that's that's why i'm going leaning under yeah i hear you um I'm going to disagree and I'm going to, I'm going to go over on Penn state. You get plus money uh, here on the over. So if they put things together, you can get some, a good payday. I think the offense should be, should be even better than last year. I think Clifford will, you know, going into a second year as a starter, will maybe take a little bit of a jump, especially with maybe a little less, I don't want to say less responsibility, but maybe they'll have with such a great ground game that they should have coming back. I think maybe even less on his shoulders than he would have to. Um, Four guys starting, for returning starters on the line, but they even have a fifth guy who's got starting experience. So they're, they have yeah. no issues Coy with coming in from uh, Indiana. Yeah. It's a big grad transfer. Wait, or no, so I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm confusing. So he them went with, to uh, Iowa, Chuck. Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My bad. <laughs> Another said, good yeah. offensive line. <laughs> It's like, did he did he yeah. transfer again? And I didn't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I knew there's an in in conference transfer. There's, wrong team. There's too many good offensive lines in the big. What's the transfer that Penn State got? I don't think it was a transfer. I think it was just a guy that had the starting experience. I can't remember. Yeah, who I it didn't was. say transfer. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm mi- I misheard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know of anybody. That- My bad. Bad <laughs> 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 here, Mike. Uh, yeah, no. So I think with the with the really good ground game. Okay, I'm. I, I'll say Ohio State. Yes, they'll they'll probably lose that game. And the depth that they have at the running back position. Also, Noah Kane is a is a great player. And I think. People were a little concerned about the 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 passing game, of course. Well, you know, Dodson and Fryermuth are two solid options, and I think we'll see Journey Brown maybe a little bit more involved, uh, in, kind of in the passing game as well. So, I I like this team. I like their defense. I know it took a huge hit with with Parsons, but they still got a lot of great players. Antonio Shelton's good. Their their linebacker, you, uh, Ellis Brooks, played a ton the last couple of years. Uh, Brandon Smith, he was a huge huge recruit. It could be the, kind of their their breakout player at linebacker. I just think that they got enough talent on that defense where kind of like we're seeing with well saw early in the year with Pitt where they lost Jalen Twyman they were still super super good around him I think it's kind of a similar thing with Penn State there's it's not just because of one guy that's a Mm -hmm. very very good group so I'll take the chances with the over there how about uh Peyton Ramsey transferring in from Indiana that's a big transfer (laughs) oh yeah that's (laughs) yeah a big one yeah that's that's huge (laughs) 
Oof, yeah, that'll. Man. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, but but Ryan, I liked your last point about Micah Parsons because obviously it's not a good loss to have. He's you know probably your best defensive player. He's outstanding, but he is only one guy. It's not like he made the entire defense. I yeah. mean, he's obviously a key part. I'm not diminishing also lost that. Gross matos, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, but true. they they're still they're still a very solid defense. And then on the offensive side, Sean Clifford he doesn't get a ton of love nationally, but and it does hurt losing a guy like KJ Hamler who was a weapon for them. Um, but you guys touched on the receivers that he that he still does have and tight ends. He and the offensive line doesn't have many excuses to fit, to fall. So I think he can not like make this giant leap, but at least be consistent enough for them to be uh, successful. So I'm also going over seven wins. I think they're really balanced on offense and defense. And to me, it just seems difficult uh, for them to to lose three games for this to go under. Okay. Uh, moving on to tier two here in the big 10 East, we've got Michigan. They're our third team. Their over under is set at five and a half. And of course, we didn't mention it, but every team in the Big Ten playing an eight-game season with a ninth game that's that's matched up with the the cross division yeah. team. So if if Michigan finished third in the in the East, they're playing whoever finished third in the West. Um, and so yeah, five and a half is over under in their nine games. The over is minus one thirty. Correct on Michigan here. I am going under here on michigan i just as far as the schedule they did get a tough draw they drew minnesota and wisconsin from the west so that's that's rough the, pro- probably the toughest the toughest two teams you could have dealt with at this particular point in the season who knows how it'll play out but um and overall i'm just i'm not that high on this team um you know and i'm i'm getting a, a plus money under here again so i'm, I'm gonna take that the offense was okay last year um I, but i just don't see how they're gonna really be any better this year maybe they'll even be a little worse in my eyes we haven't seen a ton from the joe milton who's going to be the guy um there maybe is a little bit of positive buzz going on around him in, in ann arbor but i you know we'll have to see see it to believe it I, in my eyes i haven't been that impressed and um i just wasn't high in that position group last year either when the mccaffrey was there i just you know mccaffrey was not and patterson yeah i mean patterson was very average uh for for Michigan, of course, as well too, um, and the offensive line returns just Jalen Mayfield, so they don't have a ton of experience coming back on the O line. Nico Collins, he's a uh, as as of maybe, recording, he's yeah yeah we're not as sure of if he's now, coming back, he's, but he's not sure. So I mean, if you take out him too, you're just left with like Ronnie Bell. It's uh, it's not looking great on offense. That would be a so. big loss, Nico Collins. That would be a would huge be a huge loss. loss. Uh, so I just. Don't know. I mean, their ground game could be maybe okay. You got Charbonnet and Haskins, but I just, you know, they weren't home run hitters or anything, anything so special. So not that high on the offense and the defense. It'll be good. It's the Don Brown. They, they got some good pieces for sure. They do lose some key pieces. Lavert Hill, uh, Khalid Hudson, Jordan Glasgow, Josh Shea, <laughs> just to name some guys. But they're always good. And Ambry Thomas is, uh, there's just our starting corner. He's going to stay opted out. So that's, that's huge. A, yeah. That's another blow. So five t- big blows to the defense right there. Still going to be good. They they won't be dominant, but it'll still be good. Um, so I could just see these this, te- this team really struggling offensively and it kind of hurting the defense. They get Ohio State, Penn State, Minnesota, Wisconsin on the schedule. It's it's going to be tough. I'm going under here. Take plus money under. Yeah, I'm. I can't believe it. I mean, I didn't guess... I'd be saying under five and a half wins in the Harbaugh era, um, but 
here I am. I'm going under. I've been on the Harbaugh train forever. Um, and I'm just kind of, I'm not off the train. I'm just kind of going to wait and see what happens this year, or at least how they look. I'm not going to judge his career just off this one season, but the offense was a liability last year. And I just want to see if in with Josh Gaddis again, if they can improve with Milton at the helm, uh, like you've laid out, Ryan, it's going to be an uphill battle given the offensive line, maybe Nico Collins opting out. Um, I think Charbonnet should get better with age, just like his name sounding like wine. Uh, Ooh. I would, I, <laughs> but it's just for them, no matter who the personnel is, it's just a matter of getting some form of consistency. They, you know, they'd go three and out or then they would have, you know, some good chunk plays, but it's just a matter of developing consistent, consistent offense. And I think it's going to be tough. I mean, Don Brown's defense, I'm not too concerned. They should yeah. be just fine. That should be a, obviously a strength of them, but I just don't have the confidence in that offense. They have to face three, as of right now, three top 10 defenses on their schedule. So I'm going under. Okay. I'll, I'll make the case the other way. I'll, I'll go over, even though I honestly don't feel great about it, but you guys have brought up the defense. No glaring weakness there. Got to like, uh, Aiden Hutchinson and, uh, Quiddy Pay on the D line. Cam McGrone at linebacker is kind of solid at every level. Yeah. And big question is the offense. I'm, I guess I would say I'm cautiously optimistic compared to expectations because i don't think people are expecting i mean maybe some yeah. people are but i think generally nationwide people aren't expecting a whole lot but year two of, of josh gaddis's system I, I think that's a big thing because that was a big change for them um milton has potential big arm yeah of course they say got a big arm yep and i mean god i felt good about the skill talent. i felt okay about the skill talent with N nico collins and, and ronnie bell that kind of one-two punch but not as we record like i said not looking great with nico collins not so that hurts. punch you got nick nick eubanks at tight end deep yeah. group of running backs like the skill talent is not awful um and then I, I trust ed warner with the offensive line so even though their chance of winning the 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 east is extremely low because of that schedule and just because they're not as good as, as penn state and uh ohio state i'll go over i just think they uh they got a good chance in that against the number three team i think from the west in that final game they've yeah. and also harbaugh has not won fewer than six games in conference or no only one time sorry <laughs> one time he's won fewer than six games in the big 10 so that's that's pretty good and usually they only play eight yeah now he's playing nine seems like it'll be his weakest team here yeah 2017 it could be it's but i think it'll be better than Close. 2017 Fair i enough. think that was the year that they lost everybody yeah okay uh all right Moving on here to uh, our second team uh, in tier two, we got the Indiana Hoosiers. They are uh, they're over under set at five with the uh, under as the heavy heavy favorite at minus one eighty five. Uh, Trey, what do you think about the uh, Hoosiers this year? I actually really like the Hoosiers this year, but I'm gonna go under. Uh, it's just a bit tough for me seeing six wins at this point. Michael Penix, he has the potential to break out this season even more. Um, but he's missed a lot of time the last couple of years with injury. And I hope that's not a theme that continues because uh, he is really fun to watch. Uh, the, and of course, they don't have Peyton Ramsey, as Michael mentioned earlier. They don't have Peyton Man <laughs> Ramsey to come in and uh, he's off to Penn relief. State. That's right. That's right. Almost outplay Penix, really. He was Ramsey was underrated there. I agree. He, um, but I want to see a full strength Penix. Uh, because there, there is a lot to like about the Hoosiers. They have Stevie Scott coming back at running back. Wap Fillier is great at receiver. One of the better tight ends, Peyton Hender, Hendershot. 
like we mentioned earlier, though, and Michael made a great point, uh, losing Kalen DeBoer might be a tough hurdle to overcome, or at least for Indiana to to take the next step on offense. Defensively, recently they just lost starting corner Marcelino Ball to a torn ACL. That's kind of a bummer. But Tom Allen has much of the the core of that defense back. Uh, Taiwan Mullen, he needs to step up with Ball out now. Uh, Micah McFadden should be one of the better linebackers in the conference. But again, Indiana, even though for Indiana it's pretty good, it hasn't been necessarily like a top Big Ten defense. So they still need to to show their um, show their teeth in order to really uh, make some some strides in in the East. I like I said, I've got lots of love for the Hoosiers, but with their with their slate and while also having to play at Wisconsin, I have to go under. The Marcelino Ball was a that's a tough loss. I mean, he was kind of did everything. He was kind of a hybrid of eight, six different positions. <laughs> he, was, mm-hmm. he was a good player. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I like Indiana this year. I even though I was talking about Kalen DeBoer a bunch, I mean, I still think the offense will be good. I just don't know if it can be great like Maybe I, I thought it had the chance to be. Um, and the defense should be better. I mean, they were 43rd in SP plus last year. That's not bad. And they return eight starters. So they should take a step forward too. I just think that they, they set this too high at, at five here because I know they're the under still favored, but plus 140 is not quite enough for me to, to take the over because they got to go set six and three to beat me. And when you've got Penix as an injury risk, that's, that hurts. Uh, the loss of Kalen DeBoer, like I brought up, and the schedule at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan. Like, yeah, it's just rough, rough times in the in the East there, and then adding Wisconsin, like you said. So, I think five and four would be a, a really good season for them. Um, uh, I'll, I'm going to go under. Yes, I am also going to go under here. Uh, also, just because of they got they were three and one in one score Big Ten games last year, so they kind of. The, the luck kind of fell to them last year as far as uh, those close games. Um, and I just agree with the schedule. But also, I'm not overly high on Penix as some people are. I think he mm. kind of took advantage of maybe some weaker teams when he was playing last year. I thought Ramsey took a little bit of the uh, – played more of the the tougher ones i remember pointing this out last year and in, in, in a in a podcast we talked about i was kind of laying out my reasons was hey penix was it wasn't as great as maybe people think or think okay. i mean i really like him but i hear I know. Your I know point you guys about do. the schedule but scheduling made a big big difference in his performance last year uh, and when you go up against a tougher schedule like this uh yeah six and three really that's six and three's gotta be that is so tough for indiana here i mean this is Still Indiana, guys. <laughs> hey, it's like, I mean, Maybe it's the on. new Indiana. It's a factor. Nine wins. Indiana. Factor. Hey, are they going to be nine wins this year? That would be yeah, something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that would be something. Man. Okay. Yeah, I'm, give me the under there. That's, I mean, how, like Michael said, they set it too high. Should have been like four and a half should have been the line there. Well, they added yeah. Koi Kronk as a transfer at, at tackle. So oh my nice. gosh. How could you? And then, and Peyton Ramsey actually transferred from Indiana to Indiana. That's amazing. Wow. It's wow. incredible. Think about same that. Same with Koi Kronk. He did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. I'm moving on to <laughs> moving on to our third tier. Our fifth team in the Big Ten East is Michigan State. Their over-under is set at two and a half with the over being favored. Michael, lead us off. All right. Well, Mel Cooper, Mel Tucker, Mel Kiper, Mel, Mel Kiper comes in. <laughs> Mel Kiper. Wow, that'd be something. I mean, you, you want a talent uh, yeah. evaluator? 
Bring in Mel Kiper. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Mel Tucker is coming in as head coach. She came from Colorado. Uh, was there for one year. Had a you know fine year. Uh, at least recruiting, he was very good. So there's hope for the future. Um, and I'm going to start here with, for, with 2020 with the defense because let's just start with the positive. That was not the problem <laughs> last year, right? They were 13th in SP no. plus. Very good. I think they're they're going to take a, a step back this year. They did lose a ton. Uh, they lost three D linemen to the NFL, including Kenny Willickis, who was an absolute beast. Um, but they've still got the the backups. Got a lot of playing time, a lot of snaps. So I still think it, it should be fine. And just overall, the front seven. I mean, you got Antoine Simmons, their leading tackler, back at linebacker. Front seven should be solid. Secondary is a concern because they weren't great last year, and there's only one starter back. So that's why I think the defense overall will. We'll take a step back. Now, the offense was was very, very bad last year. But that means there's almost nowhere to go but up. Uh, so they've got a quarterback battle. You got Rocky Lombardi, who I think Michigan State fans would like would not like to win the job. He We've seen a lot of him, and it hasn't been great. So you've got Theo Day, the sophomore, who was a decent recruit. And then you've got the young gun, the redshirt freshman, Peyton Thorne. Uh, I guess you're hoping it's, it's one of those guys. Whoever it is is behind an O-line that's – Oh, that's just been really bad the last few years and injuries haven't helped, of course. Um, but they've got, I think they have four starters coming back or they, they have a lot coming back on that O line. So again, hopefully it can only get better. Skill talent is decent. Elijah Collins at running back promising as a freshman. I really like Jaden Reed. I think he could be a breakout yeah. player at receiver. He sat out last year after transferring from Western Michigan. He was a freshman all American there. So, you know some signs to to think that they might be a little better so i will go over i think they can find three wins especially when you start game one you got rutgers so uh yeah good chance for a win there yeah exactly i i don't think any of the games that they play are like even rutgers i don't think that's going to be like an easy win for them or anything but you know you got rutgers you get northwestern they also get maryland so mm-hmm. they get rutgers and maryland from the east well of course they're in the east but, <laughs> yeah. yeah you know they have those what an idiot ryan you're so dumb <laughs> Oh my god! Well, I, I was thinking of like legends and leaders here. <laughs> oh, wow! Remember that where Dating yeah, Michigan back. State was on, on our side. Yeah, you had all the M's. M's ends in Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. M's the ends in Iowa. Yeah, exactly. So wow, that was I'm flash flashing back to that. Um, but I, yeah, I I think they can find three wins. I just mainly because of the defense. I know they don't return a ton of starters, like you said, Mike, but they still have guys that have played a ton of football mm-hmm. and are good. Like Jacob Panashuk, he decided to. Uh, opt back in he was planning to sit out he's a solid player at defensive end i mean we've seen a lot of naquan jones at defensive tackle he should probably have a breakout year even though he's already played a lot i think he'll be good up the middle uh drew beasley jacob slate i mean they're they got their their d line is going to be solid i mean their d line's been very very good remember and it's not just all of a sudden going to tank they still got still got guys there and the, and kind of the same thing with secondary like shakur brown noah harvey they aren't technically returning starters but they played a lot last year on a good defense so I have faith that, you know, with, with, um, Mel Tucker as much, oh. yeah, Mel Tucker. Thank you. No, you're right. Mel Tucker. I was searching for his name. Okay. I'm not, I, what, what are you, why are you looking at me like <laughs> no, that? No, I was, I didn't even thought, I thought you were like, oh, sorry, Ryan. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like it. I, I just think that they're going to be fine. I don't, I mean, the offense doesn't have to be amazing for them to find three wins. So as long as they improve a little bit, defense will still be good. This team can win three. Clean sweep. We're all going over. Um, on the West side, they only drew Iowa and Northwestern, not the toughest slate. And considering that they'll probably finish in the, the back half of the, the East, they're going to get to play, uh, one of the bottom, uh, 
players in, in the West in their, in their bonus game. And I just think overall for Michigan State, there's some, finally some new enthusiasm in the program. It was becoming a bit stale. The, the end of the D'Antonio era was just becoming too rocky and there wasn't, there wasn't much hope. So it really, it just really, really rocky fast. Lombardi. Yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> uh, it just, but it's amazing how fast it, it kind of fell. Um, the yeah. offense. D'Antonio was a real thorn in their side for that last year. Wow. But mm. it's a new day. Wow. All right. Wow. wow. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. You, you went full circle there. I did. You went full circle. Well done. Um, the offense, you know, you guys touched on it. SP plus is not confident at all. Still in the hundreds as far as. Oh, what a nerd. He doesn't know what he's talking I about. Read, I read a stat that over the last two years, they only had seven pass plays that were for longer than 40 or more yards. So in like 24, 25 games or however many, they had seven plays that resulted in more than 40 yards in passing. Uh, not good. But you said Jalen Reed, I like him. I actually had him on my fantasy team, I think, a couple of years ago. Jalen Naylor could make some plays. Um, but it, it, it's time for some new new blood in the program and there's there's some hope in East Lansing. Yeah. And it's it's a year zero kind of for for Mel Tucker yeah. for sure. He came in late and not yeah. exactly getting handed a, a full cupboard. So no, yeah. nothing to lose. He's a good recruiter and he'll I think make the team better in, in the next couple of years. Uh let's go to tier four now. Uh and the first team on tier four is Maryland. So they're our sixth team in the Big Ten East. Their over under is set at two. Uh, but the over is a minus 160 favorite. So what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, this is a tough one to pick for me here. Uh, I think the the win total set right as far as I think two is probably their most likely outcome. Um, and I would pr- maybe even say three is a little bit more likely than one, you know, if we're talking about going out here. So, but I'm going to take the plus money under. Um, just not high on them for a lot of reasons. First is because they were very bad last year. Um that's not good. And they don't have a ton of production coming back. Uh, they've lost some key pieces as far as opt-outs as well. Um, Josh Jackson, of course, who was, you know, maybe in line to start at quarterback. Wasn't great, but... I'm, dude, I'm more excited. I think Maryland fans, too, are probably more excited about... Tungvaloa. You know, yeah, you got Talia Tungvaloa, of course, to his little mm-hmm. brother, and uh, Lance Lejean, who was also a, a four-star recruit. So, mm-hmm. exciting options. So. But they, besides Josh Jackson, also their starting defensive tackle, Olu Oluwatami, he's out. Starting offensive lineman, Austin Fartain, he's out, uh, opt out. So those are, eh, and a couple of backups on defense also opting out. So depth is going to be a concern. Um, some of the uh, those big key pieces are a concern. So they're most likely also at running back. They're going to be trotting out a couple of a couple of true freshmen after Javon Leak and Anthony McFarlane both have to exhaust their eligibility. So, you know. That running game was probably kind of their strength with those guys. I just don't see that happening this year. Um, so I think that's a, a huge loss. And their defense, it was, it was terrible. They were the worst in the conference, at least according to like total yards. And they just returned a couple starters in the front seven. They really need Shaq Smith to, you know, he kind of battled some injuries last year. He really needs to be healthy, kind of take take ownership of that defense. Because if he kind of struggles like he did last year, it's it's going to be, there's just no chance for this team in the secondary it could end up being all right. They got some decent sophomore play, Nick Cross at safety and uh, Deontay Banks at corner. So, you know, those guys could be decent. But overall, this is just not a not a good team. And I'm going to take that plus money under. I'm also going to go under. And it, but, you know, I was just thinking back to last year, the beginning of last year. Remember they started 2-0 and their mm-hmm. offense was just 
setting the world on fire. Howard and, and Syracuse. Thought, I know, but and you, you thought, thought well, Syracuse, Syracuse was, was good at the time. Yeah, you thought Syracuse yeah. was all right. And even even a bad Syracuse, like they put up so many so many points, and you're like, wow, okay, like even if they don't have a defense, they're going to be competitive. And then the rest of the season was literally the complete opposite. They were just it was they just were, a train wreck. Maybe what Mississippi State's about to do this year. Yeah, um, did. I mean they yeah. they were just horrendous. They ended up finishing one and eight in the conference. They were getting destroyed left and right. Um, I did, it's just a looking at this year's schedule. It's a uh, again a tough schedule, especially to break in a new quarterback. Not a ton of help um, around him. Whoever whoever ends up getting the nod, I just I personally I kind of feel like I'm missing something with the over being favored. I I'm just having a hard time finding three wins on the schedule. And I look at it, really, I think they'd only be favored in one game against Rutgers. Otherwise, there'd be... Heck, Nebraska beat that team 50-7. to seven. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, they, it was a I think the end of the year, they, they almost kind of threw in the towel. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt going to this new yeah, year. But, but still, it's, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, as a Maryland fan, I would be excited about the offense just not necessarily thinking that they're going to be good but just excited to see some of the pieces like i mentioned the quarterbacks and uh they got a five-star true freshman wide receiver rakeem jarrett and like you mentioned ryan they they might be uh uh playing some true freshman at running back penny boone supposed to be a beast so we'll we'll see if, if any of those guys break out and uh yeah defensively though yeah i'm not super confident i don't think the front seven's gonna help out that secondary uh, losing their best pass rusher, Keandre Jones, the transfer from Ohio State is huge. I think I think two and eight's most likely, but I agree with you guys. I'm going to take a plus money. Two and seven. Oh, sorry, two and seven. <laughs> Ooh, that makes me rethink it here. Two and eight is very <laughs> unlikely. Two and seven <laughs> is most likely. Um, but Mike Loxley, six and forty as a, a head coach in his career. So yeah, dude, he that that's but he can thing, recruit. Like, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that, he's gonna need no, to. it's just that's what everyone says, and I, and I think that's he's true. Can so far in in this in this region, this is his home. He might be able to, or he, yeah. yeah. Just, can he coach him up? We'll see. No. Uh, okay, let's uh, get to the last team here. Yes, Rutgers over under is set at two. The under is the massive favorite at minus two hundred. Trey, what do you think of this new look Rutgers squad? I think that, well, the two and the way it's set up, um, I got to go under. If it was one and a half, I might have entertained the over. Um, they didn't win a conference game last year. Now they're going to have to win three to beat me. I'm, I'm just not seeing it. But honestly, if they can go two and seven, might not be that bad. Possibly. Yeah, that's right. Of course. How could I forget (laughs) the, the phantom 10th, eighth, 10th game? But, uh, but honestly, it, it could be encouraging if they, they are able to, to find two wins. It, it's definitely we know it's not going to happen overnight for Greg Schiano, the new coach, uh, especially in the in the Big Ten. They only averaged five point seven points per game in conference last year. So it's holy it's, cow! It's going to be a process. <laughs> wow. uh, and the quarterback battle—it's been just that. It's been a battle. Schiano's playing it close to the vest. Um, he's even entertaining a two quarterback system. You got Johnny Langan and Art Sikowski, of course, who played last year. Noah Vedrill, the transfer from Nebraska, and maybe even sophomore Cole Snyder. Uh, some people are hoping it might be Vedrill. We'll see. No matter who it is, there, there aren't many weapons and it should be and probably will be one of the worst offenses in, in the, in the conference. But 
you know, you just want to show something in the new system. And Shiano is known for defense. And even though they ranked last in the Big Ten last year, they do bring back, back some eight starters. I'm expecting the defense to at least have more of a pulse this year and more of an identity uh, and some enthusiasm there. And then their schedule, if there is anything positive there, they only draw Illinois and Purdue from the West. So that's about as good as it can get. But I just I don't see them winning three games to beat me. So I guess stand under. Yeah. I'm excited about the future with Shiano. He's, he's recruiting pretty well, much better than they have been. So, yep. I think there's, there's definitely hope. Uh, and again, this is like, uh, Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Definitely, uh, you get a year zero. You might get two year zeros if you're, this might be your double zero yeah. for, for Shiano. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the defense though is not, is not terrible. Um, especially with everything they have coming back, getting some transfers from, uh, Central Florida, Boston College, Michigan, Ohio State. I think that's a good way. It's kind of what Illinois did the last couple of years to that ended up just took them from USC. Yeah, they took them from SC. That's right to to make them better last year. So I think that's a, a good tactic uh, until they can get those those high schoolers coached up. Um, the offense, yeah, it's going to be terrible again. But I love the hire of Sean Gleason. I, Sean Gleason, I, I love that hire. Oh yeah. And he's going to have more freedom now than he did at Oklahoma State, where you have to run that Gundy system. I think that's why he left, right? Like, yeah, it's it's a technically a. I think that's why all those OCs leave. Yeah, it's a step from, down to go to Rutgers, but he's going to really be able to call his offense. It's his thing. Um, so yeah, I, there's some hope for the future, but I'm going under. Yeah, three and six would be a minor miracle. Okay, well, I think miracles can happen, um, <laughs> Michael. All right, you're getting plus one fifty. <laughs> I'm getting plus 150. That's Ryan the thing. I don't want to bet a minus odds. 200. Minus 200. It's a little bit too much of a minus for me there. So I am going to take the over here and just say, hey, who knows? Who knows, man? They could they could get three. This is they they, they competed in some games last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Sean Gleason. I do think he'll rejuvenate that office a little bit. They have a, they have a lot of returning starters coming back. 15 overall. It could just the renewed energy. Trey brought up the energy before from other teams. That could just be another factor. Like things were just stale and getting ugly. Now it's like, okay, this is, you know, there's some positive momentum going on. That can just, that, that makes a difference. Um, whoever the QB will be, it's going to be better than last year. Oh, yeah. Um, same guys return. Plus, you know, you're getting coached up. You're older. Um, more experience. Bo Melton is a nice wide receiver. He is solid. He just didn't have many people that could get him the ball, uh, quite very well, but he is an, a, a pretty good wide receiver. They also got a transfer from Wisconsin, uh, Aaron Kruikshank, who, played a lot at wisconsin when he was there and actually was pretty solid good returner so, you know yeah so they have a couple guys there that some nice pieces they got pretty solid group of running backs coming back um you know isaiah pacheco he kind of leads the group there but aaron young and Caron adams are also there so they got some some depth at that position i don't know i just think that with all the returning production renewed energy it is possible for them to knock off a few teams like maryland and said he played illinois right and so they Michigan State, they could they could beat those teams. Mm-hmm. So yeah, give me that over, baby. Okay, I like it. Let's uh, let's review these uh, this tier of all the tiers. Sorry, in the Big Ten East. So on the first tier, we had Ohio State and Penn State. I know we're gonna get comments like, "Hey, Ohio State's on a tier of their own." It's you know, I guess I agree. We've only got we've got only got so much room in the image, you know. But yeah, those are the the two contenders. Yeah. Uh, number two, you got the second tier, Michigan and Indiana. Third tier, all by themselves, is Michigan State. And then the fourth tier is Maryland and Rutgers. So what do you think of these these tiers? Do you think, what are the listeners thinking? Is there any listener that's disagreeing? Well, to me, the question is, what is more like 
egregious? Is putting Penn State on Ohio State's level or having Michigan State be ahead of Maryland and Rutgers? Like, which do you think was worse? Wait, that my, my brain didn't process So is Michigan that. State further away from Maryland and Rutgers than Ohio State is further away from Penn State? Mm, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know, <laughs> but honestly. It's, uh, it, I think it's what, probably pretty even, I would say. I've, and even if people don't, the Ohio State-Penn State thing, I, I could see a point. But I, I think what some people might look at and they say is it's the naive fan might not know is Indiana that good. Like, and, and me personally, actually, like, I think there's a, a better chance that Michigan could potentially win the East than Indiana. Yeah. I, I guess I would agree that I would schedule makes me question that a little bit, but yeah, Michigan has the higher upside, but man, they got screwed with the schedule playing Minnesota yes, they and Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, they did. But well, Nebraska fans know the feeling. Yep. We're going to get to that. All right. Uh, so there's the <laughs> Ryan <laughs> grunting on a podcast. All right, let's go to the Big Ten West here. And uh who's our who's number let's one? It's over with. We've got the Wisconsin Wisconsin Badgers. Their over under is set at seven and a half, with the under actually being a, a pretty good size favorite. So Ryan, lead us off on the Badgers. Yeah, so the uh to me, the the question of the spread is really asking me Will, will Wisconsin go undefeated uh, in the regular season? Um, because if they go into the Big Ten title game with a loss, they, you know, they're going to be heavy underdogs, uh, against Ohio State, most likely. Okay. So that would be two and that would, you know, knock it out. So can they go eight, uh, eight and no in those previous, those first eight games? I don't, I, I think it's going to be tall order. I'm going to say they go under. I'm going to say they slip up. Um, like last year, they lost at Illinois. I mean, you know, that, that was a what the heck type of happen type of game, but it can happen. So um, I really do think that really any team on their schedule at least has a chance to beat them like we saw last year. So the offense, yeah, it'll be very good, you know, uh, but I don't think it'll be as good as it was last year, mainly because of the loss of Jonathan Taylor at running back, who was amazing for three straight years. I mean, he had over 6,000 rushing yards in three years. That's just, I mean, he was incredible. He was incredible. Um, And they don't have a guy, you know, like Jonathan Taylor coming up in the wings. I mean, Garrett Groshek will see an increase in carries, of course, but he's certainly not the physical talent that that uh, Taylor was. And Nakia Watson kind of been a little inconsistent in his time uh, that he, the carries that he was able to get. More more carries would probably help that, but let's just say he's not Jonathan Taylor. So I'm a little concerned about that. Maybe their freshman, Jalen Berger, he's could be a pretty good uh, running back down the line, but huge shoes to fill that they can't quite fill. Wisconsin hasn't also, had a bad running back since like before Ron. No, Day. I hear you. I'm not saying no, I, they won't but have. I have just just but playing. Just Jonathan playing. Taylor was like special. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he was totally was, no even doubt. for a Wisconsin running back, he was different. No you know? doubt. So, uh, and they also lose Quintez Cephas, uh, who's in the NFL right now, and he was kind of their big play wide receiver that really helped stretch the field. Yeah. And so that that was a big piece, and of course, we talked about Jack Cohn, probably out for the, probably the year. Um, at least for a while here. Um, Graham Mertz will probably take over. So I mean, I'm, I'm Mertz might be pretty good. So we'll see. It was a big, big time recruit. Um, then the defense, I mean, that's going to be good. It will, it will be very good. They won't maybe quite generate the same level of pass rush without Zach Bond and like Chris Orr necessarily. Those are two big losses. Those are two huge losses. And they maybe they're a little concerned that they don't quite have the pe- the pieces to kind of necessarily make up for that. So they might not be quite as good but they'll still have a very solid defense and i'll kind of let you guys touch more on that but yeah. again i just i gotta go under here 
that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is a lot to to ask when you think they might win the division and play Ohio State. But the the defense, yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. It's going to be very, very good. Uh, it was good last year, and it's seventeenth in the country in returning production. Almost everybody from the D line and secondary coming back. Those are kind of, I would argue, maybe the two most important units on a on a defense. Linebackers, we'll see. Those losses are big, but you still got Jack Sanborn and. Guys are going to step up. Like Zach Bond, we didn't expect him to have such a huge year last year. Yeah, that's the thing. Wisconsin yeah. just turns them out. Exactly. So I, they're going to be very good on that side of the ball. And and we'll see on the offense. I think it'll be good because you got a great offensive line, as always. Um, you got Jake Ferguson at tight end. Skill talent, other than that, is is remains to be seen. So uh, And, and you know, you got a redshirt freshman at quarterback. Even though Graham Mertz super highly recruited – so there's a there's a high ceiling there, but I think the floor is also now lower than it was with Jack Cohn. So you got to think there's some game where he's going to make some freshman mistakes, and it, and it, they'll, Spencer Rattler. Yes, but we've seen it with Spencer Rattler, so he, he might get tripped up in uh, one or two games in the the regular season. So um, they could still be really good. I think they will and go seven and two. So uh, I'm going to take the under. I wholeheartedly agree with what you guys are saying, and and people will talk about it's not a big deal losing Jack Cohn because what does he, what does he do? But I, it can't help. And even though he's not leading a high flying passing offense, he was still the quarterback that almost won the Rose bowl against Oregon. Like he's not, he's not awful. No. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm really curious to see Mertz because he is one of the highest ranked uh, recruits that Wisconsin has had before. So it'll be exciting to see how that, how that pans out for them. Uh, but like you guys, I just don't trust him enough to go unbeaten in that kind of pool play or whatever before the the ninth game. Well, look what Cone kind of did to replace Hornybrook. Like it was just like night, you know, mm-hmm. night and day. I mean, yeah, he had completely elevated that position. So he was efficient. It's a loss. Okay, let's uh, go on to tier two. So we had yes. Wisconsin on a tier of their own there, but close behind we have. Yep. Who? We have Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, they are, uh, their win total is being set at six, um, with the under being the, the favored there at minus 125. Uh, Michael, what do you think about, uh, Golden Gophers this year? Well, they went 11 and two last year, which was amazing for PJ Fleck mm-hmm. in year three. And the offense looks really good again. Entire offensive line back. That's huge. Five starters back there. Uh, you still got one of the best receivers in college football and Rashad Bateman. That was a huge opt back in there. Losing Tyler Johnson hurts, but you know, you're know you always going to have losses. Uh, and then running back, Muhammad Ibrahim leads a, a good stable of running backs. And that's going to make things easy on Tanner Morgan, who himself is probably the second best quarterback in the conference. So no problems on that offense. The biggest issue I see is I think the defense is going to take quite a big step back. 125th in returning production front six in particular lost a lot of good players carter coughlin at defensive end seemed like he was there forever two of their best linebackers five of the top six players in terms of tackle for loss tackles for loss are gone um so well, who's the biggest loss michael who's the biggest loss oh well oh, the in the secondary yeah I, antoine winfield at safety that i mean that guy was one of the best safeties in the country. He might have won them like single-handedly, like two games. He last did. Year. I think he made game-winning picks uh, a couple of them early in the season. I, if yeah. I remember right, yeah, I think it was like Fresno and then South Dakota State, maybe something, or something. like that. But yeah, he would. He did it all. He would like open field tackles, sacks, uh, picks, he, stop he the was run. Like he, he was unreal. He was just all. He was always around the ball. Yeah, 
He's that is that's a massive loss. I mean, I do think the he had seven interceptions. The secondary though is still kind of the strength of that defense. They've got some good yeah. corners. Um, but yeah, I I'm I'm right there with you that 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 loss is is massive. So with that defensive drop off and just the fact that Minnesota last year was six and one in one score games, I'm going to count on some regression this year. So uh, I'll lean under. I'm it's under for me as well. Uh, if you look at them. Just right now and ignore last year, there's a, a lot to like. Um, the offense should be really great. I'm Bateman, uh, with Bateman being targeted more this year, that's going to open it up for a guy like Chris Autumn Bell. I think he'll step up in the, in the loss of Tyler Johnson. SP plus has them rated as the 10th best offense going into the season right now. So I, I expect Tanner Morgan to have a really solid year. I'm like you, Michael. Flex offense should be just fine. Uh, but I echo your, your concern on, on the defense. That front seven really has, they couldn't get in the backfield a ton last year. And you would think it's not going to be uh, a whole lot better. Um, but then you compound the defensive concerns with the fact that they were just so fortunate that you mentioned, Michael, you said the one score games. They could have easily lost to start out the season to South Dakota State, Fresno State, and Georgia Southern. Instead, they went three and oh, but they, easily could have lost all three. It's just amazing how much the narrative of them turned because of once you started winning those games. So I just want to see how good Minnesota and Fleck can be when they actually have expectations going into a year. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just those close wins and then they far outperformed expectations. They have a lot of missing production coming back. I'm with you guys. I got to go under here on Minnesota. Um, you know, I feel like Tyler Johnson maybe a bigger loss than maybe you, you maybe you let on a little yeah. bit like when you have a dynamic duo of bateman and johnson i mean what are defense is going to do like you can't double both guys i mean it's you know there's one's guarded the other one's open it's it's pretty hard to defend when you take one away not saying that altman bell isn't going to be a solid receiver but he's not tyler johnson so he you know tyler johnson had 1300 yards and 13 touchdowns yeah like, he had more yards than <laughs> he was yeah, pretty spectacular just, just first team all conference it. Like it was pretty spectacular. That is that is definitely a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, even with all the other returning production, I don't think this offense will be quite as good as last year. Um, with the loss of Johnson, um, and then the defense is going to take a big step back. And they get they get Michigan and Maryland from the uh, from the East. So pretty Michigan good. first game, Michigan first game from the East at home. So that's that's a big game. Obviously, they win that one. Then they get Maryland next, Illinois. So that's yeah. That'll be a, a very big first game for both. Yeah, those teams. they win that one, then then suddenly they're of course a, a favorite to go over. Yeah. Okay. Any more comments on Minnesota? We good to to move on? Let's do okay. It. Then we are still here on tier two, and the other team we have is Iowa, and their over under is set at four and a half, but the over is a uh, big favorite at minus one eighty. So, what do you think, Trey? I know it's the big favorite, but I also am going to go over. Um, Ference, he always seems to have the Hawkeyes in the hunt, especially in the West Division. Um, I know there was a lot, a lot of turmoil this offseason, and for a second, it kind of appeared like he might not even be the, be the coach this year. Uh, but they've got a great system in place, kind of similar to Wisconsin. There, There's optimism on new quarterbacks, Pentra Petrus. Um, Amir Smith-Marset, he's dangerous wide out. He's a great return man. Great in the open field. Tyler Goodson seems to be like the next good Iowa running back. 
They add here you go, Mike. They add Koi Krong. Yeah, if we finally made that offensive line. There you go. (laughs) Uh, You got, but then that's amazing because their offensive line is already really good. You had All Americans, Alaric Jackson and Tyler Linderbaum, their center. I mean, it is Alaric Jackson was was out all of last year too. So, I mean, even though you lose Tristan Wharf, so you think that's huge. Well, you pretty much add uh, Alaric Jackson back, so kind of makes up for it. Yeah. Uh, the main concerns I have Worf with Iowa pretty special. Okay, Ryan, he just was. let me no, make a freaking point, dis- Ryan. All right, I'm trying to come back from my Jackson, Koi Kronk comment. Jackson's good, but look at the way Wirfs is playing in the NFL right now. Okay, but Alaric yeah. Jackson is very good too. He's going to be yeah, drafted. No, he's he's no slouch. Um, I, but like I said, the main concerns I have with the Hawkeyes is 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 the offense. Can it be dynamic enough? And then can the defense replace their line? Really. Uh, they seem to always have a good defensive line, but re- there's a lot of uh, production that they need to replace. And that's going to be, of course, the big key to this defense. And then they also had their outside linebacker, Colbert, opt out. He started 13 games, had 61 tackles. That's that's yeah. a tough, tough blow. But it's kind of like I said, with Wisconsin, they, they've got that system. Um, they have a the start of the year. They got Purdue, Northwestern, Michigan State. So they have an opportunity to develop and rack up some wins going into the rest of the conference slate. Purdue, Iowa would be a good game. It should be. I agree. That should be a good one. Um, I I, I agree here. I'm going to take the over. I just have a hard time taking Iowa to be a losing team um, at at this point, even though they do have some key key losses. But, you know, plenty of production on the offense comes back. Nate Stanley does depart, but, you know, it wasn't like Nate Stanley was awesome. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, they don't, they don't need a, when was the last time Iowa really had, really had a terrible QB play? I mean, they're always usually pretty solid. Right. Um, so I'm not worried about that. I think Petros will be fine. Um, you know, on defense, of course, the loss of AJ Epinesa is <laughs> big. <laughs> but if you go back, like the year before, they had a lot of, they lost a lot from the D line. I know they still had. Golson and Epinesa coming yeah, back. Yeah, because Epinesa so didn't even start a couple of years ago. I mean, of course, he played a yeah, ton. Yeah, exactly. But... Exactly. So they, they did lose some key pieces the year before, but you know, now two years in a row losing some mm-hmm. big pieces maybe that kind of finally catches up to them a little bit. But I don't think they're going to be bad. There's no way that Iowa's defense is going to be bad. They'll be fine. Yeah. Nick Neiman's a back at, at linebacker. He's solid. Uh, like I said, Chauncey Golson's back on that 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 D-line. He'll be fine. So... I, d- I don't think I can choose them to have a losing record, even though the odds would be nice that, to take that plus money under. But <laughs> Ryan loves those plus money. He does. He's obsessed. <laughs> plus money unders are even better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I got to go over. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm going over. I think, I think maybe you guys are a little bit underselling the offense, or at least just not making the enthusiastic case I'm going to make. I think this is the best supporting cast that an Iowa quarterback has had in a long time like even with the Noah Fant TJ I mean those that was a good tight end duo but I think like I don't know Amir Smith-Marset Brandon Smith Tyler Goodson up and coming running back great offensive line I don't know I'd have to go back and look at that roster but I think it's I think it's as good as that like and a couple first round draft picks there's pretty good true Duncan is he still a kicker what's that is Duncan still the kicker Duncan is that his name yeah uh, we 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 uh, definitely give short shrift to kickers on this yeah, podcast. We, do. we never mention we, kickers. We should. Uh, who's the who's? But oh, I, I Rutgers. Rutgers. They got uh, what's his name? Uh, the great punter Vorshak. I don't remember, but I remember he was really good. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah. No, I, 
anyway, I'm, my point is, I think Petras has some good talent surrounding him. And defense, sure, it won't be as great as last year, but it'll still be good. So, yeah, overs the pick. Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. We're going down a oh, tier man. right now. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, <laughs> Trey, who we got here? I'm just like, I was, you know, I was waiting for the, um, well, we've got Scott Frost, Nebraska. Their over under is set at three and a half. The over is actually the favorite. I was waiting for the Scott Frost praise the Lord music, but I don't have that. Uh, <laughs> no, I know it's, it's, they don't deserve it right now. Yeah. Ryan, our resident Nebraska Homer. What are you thinking, though, about Big Red this year? Well, I mean, the over's favored, so. I know, know I know. Just got <laughs> to take the over. Well, what about what happened to the plus money? <laughs> well, it's not that favored. But, I mean, There's not know, a plus money I under. I did with Iowa. I took, didn't t- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is this is not plus money. It's still minus 105, yeah. so it's still yeah. technically not yeah. plus. Yeah, I'll go over here with, with Nebraska. It's, you know, it's been well documented uh, by me and uh, other people that Nebraska did draw the toughest crossover schedule, which we we knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it was just obvious we were going to do that. I mean, called it before it even happened. You did. You texted yep, us. We're Ohio like, State and Penn State. For sure, getting Penn State and Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, no, there was no doubt in my mind. We made the Big Ten look bad, I guess. I'm putting air quotes up right now. Uh, but, like, there's just no, you know, they were they wanted to punish us, like... <laughs> They ain't going to give us the benefit of the doubt after calling out the, the, the commissioner and stuff. So, but anyways, Ohio State, Penn State. So, yeah, that's tough. Uh, anyways, going the offense here. This is what made me a little bit optimistic about Nebraska this year. It's just, I'm not saying they're going to win six games or anything like that, but just better than last year. O-line returns every single person. They don't lose a single player on that that group. So, that should take a jump. And they were getting a lot better towards the end of last year. And Like the center could actually hike the ball without it, <laughs> with the quarterback catching oh, up. Nice. They were getting a- pretty good. Wow. We're getting pretty good. Yeah. That was actually a legitimate issue, <laughs> yeah. by the way. <laughs> uh, but but anyways, that center, he's actually going to be pretty good. Like, yeah. he's a huge, Jurgens. talented guy. He just couldn't snap the ball. Um, anyways, the all line's going to be good. Running back, they don't have a ton of depth, but Diedrich Mills is the returning running back. He should have a pretty darn good year. He was, played really well towards the end. Um, Adrian Martinez is the question. Can he return to freshman form, mm-hmm. or is he going to kind of have that – sophomore slump and stay with that slump uh wide receivers is a question mark especially with uh i mean they did have some talent coming in but we're not sure there's some status quos here that we're not quite sure about like Omar manning was the number one overall wide receiver and juco huge talent question about what's going on with his health and status we're not quite sure but uh we'll see and then um but they do have wandell robinson back of course he's a great player J.D. Spielman transfer. So it's, I don't know. I mean, if everything was, everything's okay. Omar, Omar ends up back. Wandale's okay. Well, that offense will be better. Yeah. Defense. Defense is, you know, I don't know. It's not going to be great, but it's <laughs> no. probably, probably about the same. They, you know, they have, a, they lost a lot from the D-line. They lost three D-line starters. They are replacing them with guys that have starting experience and have played a lot. And they do have a, like a redshirt freshman coming in, Ty Robinson, who's, was a huge recruit and is a big time player kind of prospect so he should be able to kind of help level things you know it's just and all the, all the linebackers are back and it's most of the, pretty much the most of the secondary is too so it's it is Michael. all the linebackers are back yeah well mo Berry is back oh well <laughs> thank god he's gone <laughs> okay <laughs> the guy was slow as the last <laughs> all, all the linebackers that at least can run a little bit no yeah he's it's i, I think this group is going to be about the same i don't think they'll be 
really any worse or much better. They brought in a lot of JUCOs, um, some positive feedback on some of the JUCOs uh, we've heard so far, especially up front, that Jordan Riley, former NC State player. So we'll see. I think they'll be about the same. It's just a question of can the offense stay healthy and click a little better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm optimistic on Adrian Martinez this year. Uh, I guess cautiously optimistic, of course. Uh, you know he's going to be good in the running game. And I just think he's hopefully healthier this year. He was dealing with a, a shoulder and knee injury last year. So I was hoping that's part of what affected his play. Improved O-line like you brought up. And the key thing is Nebraska is number two in the country in re- returning production offensively. So SP plus projects them to be the 17th best offense. That might be a bit high for me, but the point is the potential is there to have a good offense. Hopefully, hopefully things can click in year three for frost. We'll see. You know, I, you brought up the issues. Stay friggin' healthy. I know. I know we need Wandell Robinson to stay healthy and, and take that big jump as a sophomore. People are expecting and, you know. We'll see. Guys need to step up. Needed an, another receiver or two to emerge. Right. There's there's young talent, but we'll see if anybody can emerge. Exactly. But I like you, defense. I have just have very little faith in. I mean, the secondary is is good. You know, you got Cam Taylor Britt back there, kind of a versatile guy. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle at corner, also ver- versatile. Deontay Williams comes back. He missed all last year. Yeah, at safety. So. We'll see. <laughs> this is not exactly yeah. growing praise. I am going over, but I didn't mention that. I mean, three and a half is, yeah, it's a fair line, but I do think four, four and five is more likely than, uh, than a three and six. Yeah. I'm reluctantly going over as well. Um, looking at last year, they lost four games by seven or less. So even though it was kind of a disaster yeah. of a year, there were a lot of close games that they found a way to lose. And I'm, I think that the offense should take a step forward to kind of prevent some of those close losses. I'm encouraged, but of course, the wide receiver issue that you mentioned, if if not all of them are healthy or not all of them play or opt in, then that's a concern. But uh, I think the, the duo of Mills and Robinson could be really good with Adrian. And I'm just, I've kind of been a team Adrian guy, but we'll, we'll see. He's got Luke McCaffrey. One of the other McCaffrey brothers kind of breathing yeah. down his neck, which they used a, a, a decent amount in, in four games last year, kind of in Wildcat. And, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I am optimistic. Receiver. <laughs> okay. Who knows? And, and but, by uh, the way, and if, but my, thi- oh, sorry. No, my, my last point though is just as a fan here, this is kind of how my dumb brain's going to work with this is they're going to start one and three. Um, and I'm going to be disappointed, even though I know going into the season, they're probably going to be one and three because <laughs> yeah. they got Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State in three of their first games. They got Northwestern in there, which I'm not saying they'll, that's Kinda a game hope win. we're one and three, honestly. I know, but, but I'm looking at it like, okay, we're going to be one and three. When the season happens, they're going to start one and three, and I'm going to be disappointed by it, <laughs> even though I know it. Yeah. But then my dumb brain's going to trick myself and we're going to finish the well, finish the season fairly well similar to a couple years ago and then i'm going to trick myself into 2021 thinking that'll be the year yeah and i'm just gonna be back in this cycle like every couple years yeah (laughs) but uh we'll see it's rough it's rough we we text of course about nebraska and it seems like every bit of news that comes out just for the last couple years is bad you know someone's transferring away or i don't know but it's been it's been been rough injuries Injuries, yeah so but the reason why i think i'm going to give them the four uh, they might be able to win that fourth is if that's if they go three and five, you know, in the West, or you know, they'll probably play one of the maybe those three worst teams. So it's like Michigan State, mm-hmm. uh, Rutgers, or Maryland. 
they might get one of those teams as their their ninth game. So probably that's where I think like that that tier might have an advantage over the East, where the East might be a little weaker at that kind of like that five right. spot. The the balance of the West is just better. So uh, can I toot my own horn for a second here? establish some credibility i believe i am four and oh picking over unders on nebraska and usc my two favorite teams since we've started the podcast so yes i'm and that's typically been under so (laughs) yeah i uh yeah not always a homer finger on the pulse we've done two full seasons well we've done three full seasons but the first season we did a podcast we didn't pick over unders because we started like right before the season oh we just previewed yeah Boy, I should go back and look. I don't know. I'm well, you've, sure I you've gone over on Nebraska <laughs> both times, and it's, it hasn't worked out. So, <laughs> what about what about uh, USC? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we move on to number five in yep. the Big Ten West. You got it. We got the uh, Purdue Boilermakers. Their uh, win total set at three and a half as well. Um, except their over is a bigger favorite than Nebraska's. Theirs is set at minus one eighty. Uh, so Trey, what do you think? Uh, Jeff Brahms group? No, it's it's my turn, Ryan. Michael, what do you think of Jeff Brahms? <laughs> oh, Michael's going to take the lead. On I want to take the lead here. <laughs> Go ahead, my boy, Jeff Brahm. Yep. So yeah, the yeah. Uh, and by the way, they're on the same tier as Nebraska. We have them here. I am high on Purdue this year. Of course, I love Jeff Brahm. I still think he's a really good coach. They just. I, I gave them a pass last year. They had so many important injuries on both sides of the ball. It's You can kind of just almost throw away that year. On offense, not sure who's going to be the quarterback. I think Jack Plummer's probably the favorite. Played as a freshman last year. Uh, but they've also got Aiden O'Connell or the grad transfer Austin Burton from, from UCLA. Whoever it is, I think they're going to have a great receiving core. Trey talked about their, that earlier with Rondell Moore and David Bell. And the running game has nowhere to go but up this year they had 2.9 yards per carry so uh hopefully getting four or five starters on the o-line will help defense brings in bob diaco as defensive coordinator Ooh. i still don't think it's gonna be good but it should be better george Karloftis is one of the best d linemen in the country as a true freshman last year he had 17 tackles for loss he's just a beast lorenzo neal their their star nose tackle missed all of last year he's back so Hopefully that defensive front will will kind of shore things up for the entire defense this year. And the best part is they get Rutgers from the East and, you know, semi a pretty winnable game against Indiana. Like that's a pretty good draw overall yeah. getting Rutgers in Indiana. So I uh, I really like oh, yeah. Rutgers. Or, I mean, not Rutgers. <laughs> I really like Purdue. I love Jeff Brom. I'm going over and I'm going to make it my lock. All right. All right, now now All Trey, right. now it's wow. your turn. I'm uh, I'm doing the exact same over, and it's going to be my lock as Ooh. well. I I love Purdue. I love Purdue. Um, I like you said, like you have talked about in the last couple of years. You love Jeff Brom. I have a lot of faith in Jeff Brom. Even with last year, you mentioned all the injuries. Like it literally became almost a a comedy show where like every week it was like. Who did Purdue lose this week? Yeah. Yet their offense was still putting up some pretty good numbers. They obviously the losses on defense really cost them because they just couldn't really stop much at all. But um, and you also remember going into last year there were some some expectations and they kind of fell flat. Of course, I think you're kind of able to buy low this year, and I think with with that duo uh, at receiver should be great. Um, defense, like you said, they Diaco could at least make them 
at least more competent. You, another guy you didn't mention was a linebacker, Derek Barnes. He's another good piece returning. Uh, I just think, I don't think they're going to get gashed as much as they, they did last year. And it should at least, uh, help out that, that what should be a great offense. So that's why I'm also laying out the over. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, Purdue better go over here. Uh, because I am also going to take Purdue over and I am also <laughs> going to make them my lock. Wow. That's crazy. We had 14 yeah. teams. Yeah, we could, we all, we did we not did. discuss this before. Like, no, wow. We did not. 14 teams. We all agreed over on Purdue wow. here. Well, so wow, that's, that's the lock of the century. Under, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys just might as well just go better right now. It's <laughs> no, that's great. It's going to happen. Yeah. I just, I, there's so many good things to, to think about here. And I, I, I think the, obviously the offense is going to be really good with all the weapons that they have. Um, so that's going to improve. But the, the reason why I'm excited is just because of Michael already mentioned George Karlaftis. Uh, but then Lorenzo Neal coming back. He's a big dude on the inside that's a run-stuffing D-tackle that they desperately, desperately missed. If you got Lorenzo Neal and George Karlaftis there, your D-line is not going to be bad. No. Like, it's going to be fine. You're going to stop some folks. You're going to cause some trouble. You got a guy that can rush the passer. You got a guy that can stop the run. They're going to be much better. Uh, as long as those guys stay healthy. I mean, I don't like Diaco as a defensive coordinator. We we had him at Nebraska for a year, and it was an absolute train wreck. But I wasn't a huge fan you know, of. Uh, we didn't, maybe we didn't have George Karlaftis. Yeah. So you know, I think that's that's. I think he's replacing issue. Nick Holt. Uh, I want to say it was the last D coordinator, and I wasn't a big fan of him either. So yeah, you know, I mean, I, they were already horrible, yeah. but just with some of the the pieces coming back, they're gonna be better. A couple of nice pieces on the D line. So I, again, I, I Purdue, they, they're. They're being undervalued right here. I really are. And they're so they're starting. They're recruiting very well the last couple of years. So maybe that's gonna. Yeah, they're like top twenty showing up. Like, yeah, it's yeah. All right, everyone's off the yep. Jeff Brom bandwagon. You know, everyone is. Uh, it seems like I know one year and they're just kind of forgot. Mm-hmm. Like he he had the huge offers before. You know, he he people wanted to take him away yeah. from Purdue. Uh, and he stayed, he, uh, he was, you know, he could have gone to Louisville, but it seems like he has some confidence in what he's building. So we'll see if he turns out correct. Uh, but let's get to yep. our next tier. Uh, tier four starts with Northwestern and their over under is four and a half under is a slight favorite. Uh, Trey, what do you think here? This to me was kind of the biggest surprise over under number to me out of the big 10. Uh, I didn't think it would be this high. I'm going to take the under. Uh, of the major conference teams, or I guess even nationally, they were one of the worst offensive teams last year. It was very <sighs> difficult to watch. Um, but I, you know, I really like Peyton Ramsey. He's coming into the system as a transfer from Indiana. But I mean, how much can he really improve the unit? Uh, that remains to be seen. The, there are some pieces though. The line, uh, shouldn't be that bad. Isaiah Bowser is a pretty, solid running back um but they still they only average less than 14 points a game in conference yeah so and they lose their they have their the best potential of lineman rashawn slater to opt out so that's that's a big yeah. loss oh that's right he's like a potential yeah. first rounder or something he's he's that that yeah, doesn't help but i think there is like at least just given how bad they were there there's the potential to be one of the more improved teams uh if the offense shows a pulse uh, i'm not yeah. confident it can but there is that a little bit more of upside just because they made some some wholesale changes and including the quarterback uh but i just kind of need to see it to believe it 
But they they make their hay on defense. If I have to be uh, positive about Northwestern, it's their defense. In fact, I think it's the biggest disparity of a team in terms of offense and defense in the country. SP Plus kind of backs that up. They have them rated as the 117th offense, but the fifth Mm. defense. Fifth defense seems a little aggressive for me, but they should, no matter what, they're going to be really good. They return back a a ton of starters, including one of the best linebackers in the conference, Patty Fisher. I feel like he's been there forever. Blake Gallagher. Uh, Blake Gallagher. Blake. Yeah. Uh, they have a favorable schedule by Big Ten standards, but they have to go five and four to beat me after going one and eight in conference last year. I'm just not quite ready to buy Northwestern. Yeah, that's me too. I, I, I gotta take We're the agreeing on We're agreeing every on every team, but yeah, it's just, you know, this line, oh, some of these West, lines are pretty yeah. high in the West. Yeah. Or, yeah, in the West. So, so this, yeah, five and four after you just won eight, won one game and their offense is horrible. That's, that's a tall, tall order. Um, and I think the loss of, uh, Rashawn Slater is, is massive. I mean, Northwestern has really struggled on offensive line play, uh, a lot lately. And when you have a guy like that, you, you can't lose him if, if you're at a school like Northwestern. So then if you, um, I do like Ramsey. I'll say he's good. He'll tough, tough kid. He can run a little bit. So he'll, their offense will be a little better. I'll, I'll I will, I would be surprised if it wasn't hard not to be. Um, but defense, it's good. But all those guys are, you know, I don't think they're going to be any better than they were. They might regress just a tiny bit. They lose Joe Gaziano from that defensive line. He's was just uh, he's on the NFL right now. Alex Miller also he had a good kind of senior year there. So a couple couple key losses from that D line kind of helped things out. But back seven will be good for sure. I just overall they don't they don't have weapons on offense yeah. to stretch the fields. The same guys of so receivers like Riley Lease is their best receiver and he's not very good. And, Running backs are not, they're not, they're okay, but Bowser, he like runs forward and just like bounces around. He's not like a playmaker. I just, I don't see much. The defense will keep him in games. They'll keep it low scoring. Maybe they can win some, some close ones and get, a, you know, three or four, but five is asking a yeah. lot. Yeah. So to put a number to their offense last year, another one, they were dead last in the country in yards per pass attempt. What, what, take a guess at what they were. How many yards per pass attempt? Uh, 4.5. 4.5. So very good guess, Ryan. Uh, so 4.5. Oh, that's pretty 4. bad. 4.5 is very, very bad. The second, were, so the 129th team in yards per pass attempt was 5.0. That's a that's quite a difference. Wow. Half a yard. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that, that'll get better, obviously. Um, but Peyton Ramsey, I mean, he was very good last year under, under Kalen DeBoer. The year's couple prior as a passer, meh, you know, I mean, he could still run a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. I just think with no weapons, it, it's going to be tough for him. You know, like you said, it's the same guys back. I mean, they're number one in the country in returning production. That's a good thing. They'll be better. They'll be one of the most improved teams, I'm sure. Um, Did they count Slater loss? That doesn't that? count that. So maybe that drops him a little bit, but yeah. And and like value as far as like he's true, a really true. good player. But the point is they bring back you a know? ton of guys overall. I, it's um, true, yeah. And they got a gift with Maryland and Michigan State as their two crossovers. So that, that gives them a chance here. But yeah, I think the offense will still suck. So I'm I'm going under. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, there, right. there's people that like them. There's people liking to break out. I mean, if you look before last year, they were winning nine, 10 games. So no. Yeah. I, who knows? I don't expect them to win one or two. That's no, for sure. Yeah. 
And finally, our last team in the Big Ten West is Illinois. Their over-under is set at three, with the over being the slight favorite. Ryan, what do you see with the Illini? Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is a tough one here. Illinois, it's kind of hard to not look at last year and, you know, you think, oh, they made a bowl game. But uh, I'm going to go under here, even though it's that's pretty darn low. Uh, I'm, I'm going the under on them. They surprised everybody, of course. They made it by the skin of their teeth. To, to a bowl game. Um, they, they do return a good amount of production on offense. Um, Brandon, Brandon Peters, former Michigan quarterback. He's, he's back for his senior year. He was solid. Uh, he made some, some good plays for him last year and leading receiver and former USC transfer. Josh, Bebe is he's back and he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. a good, good receiver. They got four starters back on that line. Uh, Mike Epstein returns our running back. He missed uh, essentially all of last year with an injury. Uh, they do lose Reggie Corbin, who was, uh, you know, he was a good running back, but, you know, getting Epstein back kind of helps offset that one a little bit. So I think the offense should probably improve a touch, you know, it's pretty much the same mm-hmm. dude, but, you know, I think they'll be a little bit better. Defense, this is, that's probably the, th- the area that I think they're going to regress a bit, uh, mainly because I just don't, I don't think they can force as many turnovers as they did last year. That's right. the tough thing. They were tied for second in the nation in takeaways per game. So that's, you know, hard to keep up every every year although i will say lovey smith does put an emphasis on that um but another one of the main reasons why they were so good at forcing turnovers is because they had some good pressure from that d line uh most notably <laughs> i must butcher his name uh oluwale batiku oluwale batiku no that's yeah. pretty good Wale batiku yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah he had nine sacks so former usc Trojan. exactly another <laughs> former usc guy he had nine sacks last year uh, that's that was, that was like why, why couldn't USC get anything out of him? I know, seriously. Same with Imoto <laughs> Bebe. Oh, but they're you're stacked a receiver, so you didn't really need it. Yeah, but, we're fine there, but but yeah, no, I know it's uh, so he, he's gone. So, oh, so is the rest of the D line. Um, and they were already 103rd in the nation against the run, so could be even worse this year. So, whatever gains I think the offense will make, it's going to be definitely negated by the drop of that defense, and then the turnover, turnover margin is going to fall back to kind of the median. Yeah, so give me the under. Yeah, I, I I'm going under two, even though I, I get that it that it seems low. I mean, I think three and six is the most likely record. Yeah. I think it's it's set correctly, but if I had to pick, I'll, I'm going under. Um, just because I think the improvement last year was a little bit overstated, um, and and in large part because of that turnover margin. Weirdly, Lovey Smith teams, you know, d- despite his reputation, have been consistently horrible in turnover margin, like almost to a degree that you think, wow, that's is that sustainable? And I guess it wasn't. I guess they were very good last Tampa year. Tampa two. Uh, what's that? Tampa two. Yeah, I think it's going to uh, regress, like you said. Quite hard not to when you're you, second yeah, in the nation. To, yeah, and then uh, I think you know the, the the grad transfer market has has definitely been helping them out the last couple of years, and you know he'll every once in a while get get a good recruit in there. So they're they're better than they were a few years ago, but like I said, the metrics last year had them worse than their actual record i mean they lost to eastern michigan i think last year they barely beat yukon like not sure they were really that great last year so that's why i'm going under clean sweep i i'm going under as well that miracle win over wisconsin last year just he bought it bought lovey smith some time and but personally i think it's just masking a a a bad team uh and brandon peters he only completed 55 percent of his passes through eight picks i mean he could he there's no reason he can't take a next step but it wasn't like a light. Takes a lot of He's not amazing. Yeah. And then a lot of just the way, and just the way they finished last year, they lost three games really ugly to Iowa, 
a really bad Northwestern team. It was their only win in conference. And then to Cal in the bowl game. Um, but they just, they didn't look good in any of those. Um, the one, I guess if I did have to give them a positive it, on defense, I really like Jake Hansen at linebacker, Sidney Brown at safety. There's some pieces that can help hopefully generate some turnovers for them, but I'm just not buying into Lovey and the Illini. Gladly eat crow if they go over, but I'm not seeing it. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at our tiers here then in the Big Ten West. We've got a tier of their own. We had Wisconsin, number one. Uh, we've got on tier two, Minnesota and Iowa. Tier three, Nebraska and Purdue. And tier four, Northwestern and Illinois. So what are you guys' thoughts on those tiers? Trey, what do you think? I I agree. I think people I, – I really like Wisconsin this year. I think they're the most balanced team and – they're, they are kind of the the, uh, the head the honcho of the West. Yeah, I think because really like to Ryan's point earlier, two through maybe five or six, I could see in any order. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I agree with Wisconsin at one. And I also agree with tier two having Minnesota, Iowa above the rest of the four. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the bottom four. I think you could just put them all in one tier, honestly, like Nebraska, Purdue, mm-hmm. Northwestern, Illinois. I, you know, the, I, I think they could all just intertwine and I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't see there's much of a gap between, you know, Northwestern and Purdue and Illinois and Nebraska. It's just, they were all already close last year. All those teams like beat up on each other. Yeah. And especially when you, uh, when you talk about where they're actually going to finish, because right now we're ranking them in terms of team strength, uh, kind of ignoring schedule, but when you look at Nebraska, oh, even, yeah. they they might be worse than some of those teams behind them anyway. But even if they aren't, even if they're better with Penn State and Ohio State, they could very easily finish. I mean, they could finish last in the yeah in the, right. Yeah, they really could. There wouldn't be that surprising, unfortunately. Yeah, you could be computer good, but standings bad. Right, yep. exactly. Well oh, put, yeah. Trey. Computer good, standings bad. I <laughs> yeah. like that. Just, I'm we're in the simplest term terms. on this show. <laughs> I think uh, I think Illinois last year was computer bad standings good. Yeah. Yes, oh, were. yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, let's recap these over-unders. Wow. Okay, so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see a lot of agreement here. Uh, in the Big Ten East, we, had, we all were under Indiana five wins. We were all over Michigan State two and a half wins. And we were all under on Maryland at two wins. And in the West... We agreed on every single one. That's all crazy. Three. That is insane. That's we, I'm not going to go through that. We just agreed on all of them. And we all, and we all went lock. over lock on and Purdue. Three and a half wins. That is wow. unbelievable. And we all, that I guess we, 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 we follow the Big Ten a lot. So we all, I guess, have similar opinions. Yeah, true. Yes, so. I mean, that's so. crazy. Anyway, I mean, I know some of them were favorites. We tended to go with the, the favorites. I, the, but, but the way yeah. the West kind of shook out, well, that's the thing, too, is some of these over-unders, if they would have been a half-game different, I would have really yeah. thought twice on a couple of them. And then we would have had some different different opinions, I think. Yeah, they they kind of made it easy with so much. These They had some pretty big, large favorites, you know? So Yeah, and just the plus money, just in some cases, just wasn't enough for me to, to yeah. go the other way. Exactly. No. Okay. There you have it. All right, well, let's uh, move on to our next segment. This is going to be our longest episode ever, and I'm pumped about it. I hope yeah, baby. people are enjoying the content. They can split uh, it we, into two pods on their own. Like, we'll, I'll listen to the first Big East, that's Big Ten East, and then Big Ten West later. Very true. Okay, let's uh, get to the hot seat. We're, we're going to put Ryan on the hot seat. All right. 
Okay, so first question, Ryan, is with Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins gone, who do you think will take over and lead the Big Ten in rushing? Well, you know, looking back at last year, surprisingly, I'll ask you guys, uh, this is kind of a trivia question for you. How many uh, rushers do you think rushed for over 1,000 yards in the Big Ten? Uh, first of all, you're on the hot seat. We don't answer the questions, but I, I'll, I'll allow it, I guess. Yeah, uh, thousand. I don't know, dude. Um, six. I'm just throwing out a number. Trey, what's your guess? Four. I have no idea. Ooh, okay. Three. Only three players. Okay. Oh, Fourteen made it. Isn't that kind of that seems a little low? That's low. That's low That's for right. sure. Two of them made two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. J.K. Dobbins uh, and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they're gone. And then the other guy was um, uh, blanking. Blanking. What team? Blanking. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Minnesota, Rodney Smith. So Rod, there it is. The okay. seat was yeah. too hot for Ryan. Yeah, that no, was... I delight. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Anyway, can't even I... add, answer his own question. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think about people coming back this year? Who I think <laughs> not going to go with Ohio State. I think Trey Sermon and Master T will probably kind of split up carries a little bit. That's not going to be a lead back like J.K. Dobbins necessarily. Same thing with Penn State. Journey Brown's good, but they got some other deep, talented players that are got to see the field. Uh, Minnesota kind of likes to do that. I know Ibrahim is kind of a leader, but they like to kind of split it up. Elijah Collins, Michigan State, might be the lead back, but the, the offense is going to be bad. So, you know, I was kind of going through, and, you know, believe it or not, I landed on Nebraska's Diedrich Mills. Um, he, he finished eighth. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. I believe that you did. Yeah, you believe that yeah. I did. Shocking. He finished eighth in the conference in rushing last year. It's not like he's that bad. And then... Um, he'll no doubt be the lead back. Like Mo Washington is gone. There's tr- freshman behind him. He is the clear cut guy. That's going to get a lot of the carries on a team that should be able to run the ball. Pretty solid behind an offensive line returns, every single person. And the end last year is what has me encouraged. He finished the year really, really well. 347 yards last three games. And two of those were against Wisconsin and Iowa. And he went, he put up like 188 against a very good Wisconsin defense. So I'm going to say Diedrich Mills should have a big year. Okay. Yards per carry, I'll take Trey Sermon. That's well, yeah, that's a different different ball game. All right, moving on. Going strictly off of conference games from last year, which team do you think will make the biggest jump in total wins? And then on the opposite, who's going to have the biggest drop-off? Sure. Uh, biggest jump forward, it kind of helps pick somebody from the bottom. <laughs> they have some room to grow. I'm going to go Northwestern. Uh, obviously, they went 1-8 and eight in conference last year. I think they can do a lot better than that and if things go right with Peyton Ramsey he does kind of come in it's like wow he's certainly a lot better than they had uh last year it's going to help that offense and the defense will be solid um I think they're good enough to get to five games like it's possible uh, I don't think they will but I could see them going to you know three possibly four you know it's not unrealistic remember two years ago they were in the conference title game so um Pat Fitzgerald sometimes knows how to work magic so I'll say them as far as biggest jump Biggest drop off that that was a harder question in, in my eyes, but I, I don't see any team like just drastically going down. But if I had to pick one, I'm going with Minnesota. Um, we kind of already touched on it. They won seven conference games last year, so many close games. Um, and I think it's fair to say that they weren't quite as good as their record. Take away a big time playmaker, kind of luck. I could see them kind of falling back with a, a weaker defense. Okay. Who is your breakout star for the Big Ten? I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the Buckeyes. <laughs> Wando but, Robinson. No, I'm going to go a Buckeye here. Okay. Uh, wide receiver Garrett Wilson. 
Uh, he, as a freshman last year, he had 430 yards and five touchdowns. So he's on the cusp of already breaking out. Uh, but this year, I just think with Benjamin Victor, KJ Hill gone, he is just going to set the, the world on fire. He's going to be one of uh, Justin Fields' favorite targets. Him and Alave are just going to dominate out big there. Play yeah, big play Alave. Yeah, big play Alave. I mean, he's going to shine. He was a former five-star, you know, big-time recruit. He's got all the talent that you want. He's going to go off, so give me Garrett Wilson. All right, speaking of Nebraska again with Ryan, the Scott Frost era is off to a rough start. How many wins this season would have you totally 100% convinced that he's going to turn us around? Totally 100% convinced I would have to go with five. If he has a winning record... You're 100% convinced? He goes five and four. You're like, oh, I feel very, we're, we're, we're going to be back. Oh, I would feel very good if we won five games. Okay, I'd be like, okay, with Ohio State, Penn State on the schedule, you know, the other other games, I, I'd I'd feel really good about what we're doing if we do that. Because you know, any other year we would, you know, five and four with this schedule would mean man, eight and four, maybe nine and type of three year with the mm-hmm. if we had a full schedule. So yeah, I would feel confident in the way the direction where we're going. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that would be a very good year. (laughs) Okay. Stop playing music. All right. Championship picks time. Uh, Let's see who we got here. Are we all going to agree again? Oh, what do you know? Oh, man. Watching on YouTube. We've all got Ohio State over Wisconsin. Too easy. That one's too easy. It's like, well, that's the thing. I, I tried to be, I tried to think of how could I go bold. Yeah. For a second, I thought about Penn State in the east but i didn't think ohio state's head and shoulders and then the big 10 west the only team i like have the utmost confidence in is wisconsin i could have gone iowa i i thought about iowa true uh, I, I like if, if spencer petrus is can be as good as as nate stanley with the offense around him and defense is always good they, they've they've certainly got a chance but yeah i wisconsin yeah. I, I do think is like i said deservedly a tier above it's as long as Graham Mertz, I mean, Graham Mertz has a ton of potential too. That's the thing. He could be really good. He could, yeah, you know, untap the potential of that, of that offense. Yeah. Just yep. don't screw it up. <laughs> yeah. True. Okay. And we're all, yeah, obviously I'll take an Ohio state to, uh, to beat Wisconsin in that title game. Yeah. Real boring. Yes, we are hard, hard to pick against them. Okay. Uh, let's move on and mercifully, maybe, I mean, if you're listening still, you love us. So this is great. We can get a little loosey goosey in this (laughs) questionable finish. Scott Frost seemed like a can't miss hire. We bring him up again. So far, it has not gone well. Uh, name a hire in any sport that you thought was a home run, but ended up not working out. Yeah, there's this is a tough one to think about here when you got all these potential things. I'm gonna go with uh wow, dang it, Michael. You I, I I didn't even think about it until right now. I was but I was gonna go with the same guy that you were bringing up. You're also going Shaka Smart? Yeah. I thought about him too. Like oh. I just thought that was gonna be a surefire thing. Oh, te- oh, he's gonna kill it at Texas. That was yeah. just for sure. Uh-huh. That, I, yeah. Wow. I went the same way. I mean, and Texas, like they've got a good, really good recent history in basketball. Like Rick Barnes was great. I know. Yeah. Smart just hasn't hasn't done it. 
That's yep. funny because I, I, Michael, I figured you would say him. So I, I, I actually added um, in in college football a few years back. Rick Neuheisel went to UCLA. He he did great at Colorado. Did pretty good at Washington. Won a Rose Bowl. I figured going to his alma mater at UCLA, he could get them back to kind of that Caden McNown Rose Bowl level. But it just he just flamed out. Mm. I'll give you another one at UCLA. Chip Kelly. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Still got time, but yeah. Not looking good. Uh, okay, next question. Name something as likely as Rutgers winning the conference this year. <laughs> I'm going to stick with football. And if you guys watch the the pro game, it would I would say the Jets winning the Super Bowl. Ooh. They've just been a total dumpster fire. Adam Gase is just completely in over his head. Um, he's, quote unquote, an offensive genius. Not quite. He seems to have lost the team. A lot of injuries to deal with. They're a disaster. All right, I'm going to say it's... As likely as Ryan picking an under on Nebraska's win total. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Come on. Well, I'm saying you're now three for three picking that's, overs in three that's years. That's cold eyes lock. That's True. my cold eyes lock. Yeah. At least I'm not saying they're going to win the title or anything. No, you are. I will say, like, you lean over, but you're realistic. Like I'm like, oh, if this, this is line- the most, although I'm a little worried, this is the most pessimistic you've been. It is. Uh, yeah, I guess. I well, I think we were all pretty positive. Everyone was optimistic last, last year. year. I know some I mean Trey and I obviously we took the under so we thought maybe the market was a little too high, but like everyone thought they were going to be much better. Yeah. Yeah. And then going into the first year uh, Scott Frost, you know, who knows, but anyways, yeah, I mm-hmm. I, I always think they're going to go over by just the half. Like it's three and a half, okay. <laughs> I think they can get to four. You know. Yeah. Surpass expectations at uh, you this year. Yeah. If we went for it, it's whatever. But anyways, uh, what was the question? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Something as likely okay. as Rutgers winning the conference. <laughs> Ryan's rambling. Um, I'm going to say as likely as the Seattle Seahawks losing a close game. Mm. They just do not, man. They Russell Wilson. It's so fun. I mean, we're Seahawks fans. We lived there for 10 years. Like, it's so fun to watch that team. Like, just, Russell's amazing. He's incredible. Okay. Uh, last question of the podcast. Give me a bold prediction about the Big Ten that you don't even totally believe. I will get us started here. Purdue is going to win its last five games of the season. So actually make it six. I'll include that uh, you know game against the team from the East. So you got, uh, you know, maybe it'll take a few games for them to settle in at quarterback. They could play multiple quarterbacks. We'll see. Bob Diaco's got to install that defense. But last five games of the season, they got Northwestern at Minnesota. Rutgers, Nebraska, and at Indiana. Jeff Brom's going to do it. Very doable. You say Nebraska in there? Nah. Yeah. Nah. I've, yeah. I've, made, <laughs> yeah, so I've made some similar predictions before, but I'm going to say Ohio State's going to win every game by double digits. Oh. I, I, did, this with Al, I did this with Alabama a couple years ago, and that I, I was right somehow. That, I know they have to play. That was a, they play, that's a good That was a good pick. That was they very play good at Penn State. That'll be tough to do, but... Most team and most teams always have that one random game, the good teams where they gives them a bunch of fits. But I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm oh, maybe I'm just too high on Ohio State this year. So, no, that's reasonable. Yeah, Michael, what's what's your favorite metric as far as ratings on like divisions and stuff? Like, does Massey Peabody have that? As far as like, what's the best divisions and stuff? Oh, you know, Massey Peabody doesn't, and they're not even doing it this year. SP Plus, I mean, he doesn't publish them, but you could you could take his ratings and figure it out. So I could get Sagarin, which is not my favorite mm-hmm. rating system, but at least they rank the divisions and conferences. 
Okay. So my mine is that I believe that the Big Ten West will be superior uh, in the ratings uh, than the Big Ten East will be. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you got that <laughs> bottom tier. You know, bottom tier is going to separate them. There's no bad. There's no bad teams in the in the West. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast. Uh, if you enjoy the show, which I would hope you do after listening for over an hour and a half, uh, please give us a five star review. Support us on Patreon. That's that's the best way you can help us out. We, uh, you know, put a lot of work in the show and we enjoy doing it, but it does does help to, to have Patreon to offset some of the costs and also, you know, give us a little pizza money. So really appreciate that. And see you next time. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today.